Hey there, Adam here. Thanks for tuning in. Just a quick message for business owners that may be struggling with what to post on their social media. We know that social media can either be integral to your overall marketing strategy or the bane of your entire existence. We have a 90-minute workshop where we provide a repeatable framework to plan out your monthly posting calendar with fresh, relevant, engaging posts designed to attract and segment new customers and clients. No more anxiety about what to post and when. No more settling for cat memes or other nonsense that may get you engagement, but no actual business or even worse, letting your social media lie dormant. I will teach you the exact process that we use at Digital Sandwich to plan out an entire month. Actually, more than that. Interested? Head over to eat.digitalsandwich.agency forward slash social workshop. Thanks for tuning in to the Secret Ingredient Livecast, where we believe that everyone has a story behind the story, and that is where the secret ingredient lives. Unleashing that secret ingredient through a combination of personalized custom content, social media, and paid advertising is the best way to build the relationships you need to grow your business. Today, I am joined by Ace Boogie Epps. Now, you know I had to say boogie. Right. You know, you know I had to. <laughs> Ace is one of the true treasures of Northeast Ohio, man. Definitely Akron, and I say Northeast Ohio. He's the definition of diversity, as you may find him spinning records and emceeing an event, teaching a class on entrepreneurship at uh, Bounce Innovation Hub, painting, hosting a podcast, serving on a board. Ace lives his purpose every day, and to know him is to be fascinated by him. Ace, welcome to the Secret Ingredient Livecast, my man. Podcast, podcast, whatever we're calling this. Hey, thank How you. Man, today? man I'm, I'm feeling like a million bucks, man. A, a million, not five hundred thousand, not two dollars, a million dollars, man. I feel great. That's perfect. I, and I know every time I see you, that's how you're feeling. Man, I, you know, I try to tell people that, man. If, if you tell somebody, they say, "Well, how you feeling?" And then you say, "I'm good. I'm fine." Then notice the other person feels like. Oh, but if you say, I feel like a million dollars, like I feel like a million and that, that that energy, it tends to be infectious, you know? So then, then people feel that way. And it was like, man, Ace is always in a good mood. And I deliberately put myself there. You know, I feel like a million bucks. Ace, you already said something, um, something important. You know, we, we give things to people all day long, whether we mean to or not. And that's, uh, that's often our energy. So you're very intentional about the energy that you're giving to other people. Now it's our choice to receive it, of course. Absolutely. But you are always giving positive vibes, positive energy. Yeah, I think I think that man, if 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 you you laying in the bed, it's it's five o'clock, six o'clock. You're trying to get up, and you know I, I I'm one of these guys who don't hit the snooze. Hit the snooze, man. I I get right up. I. And, and, and for me, it, when you get right up, it's like you don't know what the day is going to bring, right? Um, so for me, knowing that the day is going to bring an, an some obstacles, some barriers, but more importantly, it gives you an opportunity to help somebody. And right. my uncle, Uncle Larry, Uncle Larry Johnson told me a long time ago, you should try to at least, as a man, make $100 a day. And that's the least, $100 a day, and help two people before you even get to work. That's what before I Before you even get to work. Before you even get to work. So if you're working in, um, let's say you're working in the service industry, right? You're helping your client because you maybe you're cleaning or something. I don't know, cutting hair. I don't know. 
But then on the way to work, while, you, while you're having your coffee, you could help somebody, man, just by helping them. Maybe somebody's looking for a job and you got to connect. Maybe you have social capital with an organization that can be able to help somebody get a space for an event they're trying to do. You try to help somebody before you go to work because if I help two people before I go to work, right, then in the type of work I do, I'm helping people all day. But I've already reached my personal goal before I even got to work, right? So then everything else is just icing on the cake that's already made to be eaten, right? I'm, I'm one of these guys, I can't <laughs> even eat it, you know? Right, yeah. right. That's uh that's some Zig Ziglar right there, right? You gotta you gotta help as many people as you can to get what you want. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And and and, and that's what I do. That's what I try to do, man, in, in any any capacity, man. Just today, I have a client this morning, well, last night at about 1230. Um, she runs a um a restaurant over on um North Hill, Talmadge somewhere, right? And there's mm-hmm. ace overworked need two dependable cooks and a, and a server, right? And I saw it this morning. And so I, I posted it on Facebook, man. I got like 13 people already interested. And I didn't even have to call nobody yet. And so I'm like, right, right let, me, let me help her out a little bit, right? And it's, some of the stuff is just network building, right? You build a good network. You can reach out to people. People reach into you and look, and they're looking for stuff like that. And so my time is in workforce development, I created a network of, of, of employers and, and that's looking for employees or employees are looking for opportunities. So to me, it's all one and the same. Can you help somebody before you even get to work? And if, and if I didn't do it, when I clock out, I'm looking to get my two person minimum. Right. We need to talk to uncle Larry. Maybe this dude, this dude want to make a hundred dollars a day yeah. and help two people. We need to talk to him also. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I, I like this guy. Here's the crazy thing about Uncle Larry, man. Uncle Larry is, um, my mother met Uncle Larry back in the day. So he's not my real uncle, but he's my real uncle. We're transplants. We moved up here from Cleveland a long time ago, a long time ago. So our family essentially is in Cleveland. So we started our, the Akron wing of our crew, if you, our family, right? So- Mm -hmm. My mom was working at this restaurant, this this independently Black-owned restaurant, and um, she met Uncle Larry, who just fell in love with her food, right? My mom is like Big Mama from, you know, from Soul Food, right? See, she's cooking <laughs> million, million dollars of stuff, right? So then he ends up coming to the house when she quit to eat on Sundays with us, right? And this man taught me right from wrong, up, down, left is right. I mean, when I tell you, growing up without a father figure, in our family, he became quickly the, the super uncle, you know, the cool uncle that's telling you father stuff. It's great. And 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 so all the way, I mean, this guy dropped me off at Kent State. He dropped me off to college. You know what I mean? This man is a man. So he's so, your real uncle. Huh? He's your real uncle. Yeah. Yes. And so the crazy thing about it is that he's so when I started working at the Herbal League in 2008, right? 2008. I walk in and guess who's there? Uncle Larry. And they used to do these food distributions, right? So he would sit there and help older ladies get home. He'd drive them home, don't charge them. He'd come in and do the grass or paint. And then he's helping everybody. I mean, I thought he was just doing this stuff for me, you know? But then apparently he does the whole community this way. I was jealous. 
Adam, I was jealous. I'm like, yo, you my uncle, Larry, right? So <laughs> to, this day, to this day, man, you could go to the Urban League, right? And Uncle Larry is there still doing his thing, man. To please go there right now, he's probably still there. Shout out to Uncle Larry. Shout out to Uncle Larry. Yep. That's awesome. Hey, let's let's jump back for a second. You you talked about network. This is one of my pet peeves, networking, networking for the sake of networking. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think what bothers me about it is people forget that it's a noun and a verb. Right? Okay. So, so, so it's a noun, you have a network and that's, and that's important. That's the people that you surround yourself with. Right. And then there's the act of building and maintaining and adding value to that network as well right and that's called networking and i think people misunderstand networking and think that it's removing value it's it's taking value from the network mm-hmm. and that's not what i just heard you talking about talk to me a little bit about networking so okay so to me networking is the for me the idea of creating something that you can get from and take to right um some of our biggest networks end up being um like, okay, for example, there's a network called Be Me Community, right? I'm, I'm part of that network too, right? So um, let's take Be Me Community. So Be Me Community is a network of, in the beginning, of individuals, all races and genders that believe Black males are assets, except we don't hear about it much, right? So then you got white people, Black people, green people, tall people, aliens, everybody who believes this together in the network, right? So that network right. people, saying there's 40 people in Akron, but then there's 150 in Kentucky, um, Louis, Louisville, Louisville. I, I, they told me to say Louisville. 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 And so then there's 300 in Detroit, there's a couple dozen in Miami. This becomes a network, right? That people have the same ideas. Now these people, could be doctors, mayors, they could be lawyers, they could be a barber, they could be just different people. So in the network, I can literally call Baltimore right now and say, hey, I'm coming to Baltimore. Um, I need to speak to all the creatives that you know, because I got an idea. That person in Baltimore, we get those people together. I could go to Miami and say, hey, I want to talk to all the young entrepreneurs who are thinking about, and then they would get that. Or I could go to Detroit or something and say, hey, I'm looking for a place to do an event. That network is based in social capital, right? And social capital is the value you have in relationship, the value you have in relationship. And if you have true value in relationships, you know, having a million business cards don't really mean nothing if you can't tap into that, right? So for me, I I, I think that being able to call somebody and is they going to return your call within 24 hours? You know, um, is they going to call you? Is they going to email you back within 24 hours? Can you can can you get something from them by getting something to them as well? So I think for me, networking is is being able to create a network of people who 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 can exchange information and by way of social capital and can benefit the entire network, right? And we all have our personal networks, right? So. A lot of people look at them as team, like I got a team ace. Do you have a attorney? Yeah, you got an attorney. But is that attorney my in particular attorney that I use? No. But is it an attorney that I can refer to to other people? Of course. You know what I mean? Do you do you do you have a a, a low um a, a financial person? Sure. 
Do we have a teacher? Sure. Do you have somebody that's on, on city council? Absolutely. Do you have a police person? Sure. Do you, have, you should have diverse people in your network because you never know when you're going to need something or be able to connect with someone that may need somebody that's in your network. And then Adam, your network may be totally different than my network, but then together our network is this big. Right. They, they end up overlapping somewhere. Yeah. So, so somewhere around lucky is probably where they overlap. That's exactly. See, <laughs> I'll have to tag him later. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Right. So right. you know, you know what you're you're talking about here is it sounds like making investments is what it sounds like. You put in so that you can take out. And I I, I really think that you got to do it in that order too. You're talking about waking up and helping two people before your feet hit the floor, before you ever even make it into work. Thank you, Uncle Larry. Right. And so that your network can also help you so that you can go ahead and take a withdrawal as well, deposit and withdrawal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, and that's, I think that, I think that people get in a habit and I'll tell you what I do, Adam, um, people get in a habit literally of just collecting business cards and just getting a habit of collecting them. And then, and then, you know, I got a big Rolodex or I got a million people in my phone, but then, are, are they able to, are you able to connect with those people? So what I do is, and, I, and I, I advise people to do this, I do a monthly audit, right? I go through my cards and then I look at them. I say, here's a card. Can I call and get something from this person? No, throw it away. Boom, can I call and get something from this person? Yeah, put it over here. Can I call, can this person, I mean, so then you may have 50 cards, but only 10 of them that you really have social capital with. And then being honest, some opportunities, I um, shot myself in the foot, you know? You have to you have to be able to know how to leverage relationships, be able to build them, and then somebody give you a card and say, hey, Ace, here's, here's, here's a card. But then you wake up and then think that, you know, um, I, I call you, but you never call them. True story, back in my music days, right? Um, Oh, we're going there too. Oh, we're going right. there next. Yeah. So, so, so back when we was working at Two Live Music, right? Um, B.I. The notorious B.I.G. came to Akron, right? And a lot of people don't remember this, but he was what? in Akron. Yes, he was. Before, listen. Back Come on. When, I didn't know. The notorious B.I.G. came to Akron, and so Two Live Music was a Billboard reporting store. So. Uh, me and my brother was working there. Shout out to Nick and Norma giving us our first job in, in, in the music business. But, and they're still there, by the way. They, Two Live Music is still there selling records and a whole bunch of other stuff. we get to that later. But Notorious B.I.G. was in town and um, he wasn't as famous yet. He just dropped the single, first single. And off the van come, we were looking for this guy named Craig Mack. I don't know if you remember Craig Mack. The brand new flavor in your ear. This was the yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. He was the first guy on, on P. Diddy's record label. So okay. we're looking for him to do the promo, the in-store. He wasn't there. Biggie came out. And we're like, oh, who is this guy? Right? We're like, oh. But I knew who he was. The people who knew who he was, he was promoting. So I um, I went to him and I said, hey, man, you need to sign my album to the best rapper on the planet. He was like, why would I do that if I'm the best? on the planet so then i bah, freestyle and then he was like okay so he wrote to the best rapper on the planet right 
Now, meanwhile, meanwhile, there's a guy named Harv Pierre walks over, give me his card. And he said, man, listen, we're going to be on the road a while. Give us a call. I'm like, whatever, you know. Um, never called this guy back. Never called this guy back. Um, so MTV put out this movie called, I mean, this show called um, Making the Band. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was Bad Boy, P. Diddy was part of it, right? And so, lo and behold, guess who walks on the screen? Harv Pierre, right? He was the A&R director for Bad Boy. Gives me his card. I still have that card to this day, right? I missed the opportunity, right? So when people give you cards and it's hot for just a moment, it's hot for just a moment, you got to be able to take somebody to lunch, uh, coffee. You got to be able to leverage that relationship or you'd be watching MTV two years later and looking at your opportunity pass you up, man. So I, I tell oh, people, that monthly audit, do that monthly audit. Wow, that's crazy. So the monthly audit isn't just to get rid of. The monthly audits to remind you of flash in the pan opportunities because you should have been on making a band not chopper I, I, exactly exactly <laughs> or, or, or even hopefully not even on making a band maybe just working a deal with bad boy at that time because right, right. Out, like a year or two before two years before that right and then you go and look on the back of records you see harf pierre's name on it you're like Shop, you know, so 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 being able to look through your cards and connections that you hooked people up with, you be able to look at opportunities like this is an, uh, this is an opportunity here, and it's sometimes it's nothing but a dollar fifty cent cup of coffee, right? Just just furthering that connection, furthering yeah. that relationship. Absolutely, absolutely. So you you bring up the you bring up the music. Well, first of all, how how long have we known each other? Where, where how do how do we know each other? Through well, I mean, well, we could go through Lucky. We can go through um, what was the great name we all grouped? The P was P one three two. Um, Linting's music. Man, I don't know. I remember. You've always been there. <laughs> right. You've always been there, too. I, I, I've known you forever. I, I've known you since right. I lived in Akron right. somehow. Right. I think I think it's well, no, I don't think I know exactly the first time that, that I met you was at Lentines. And I was I was working for an establishment and we needed DJ equipment. Mm. And so I'll never forget it. You you did uh, Outcast, Miss Jackson. Yeah. On, on the turntables. Yeah. Hey, uh, and I'll tell you, man, how I got that job was so beautiful, man. So Linty's music, for those of you who don't know, is on the North Main Street. Um, it was the place before the the, the um, 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 guitar centers and Sweetwater and all these other music spaces. Mike Lentine, Joe Lentine, rest in peace. Um, just all the, the Lentine brothers had this music store, man, and everybody and their mother, not do mean mother, were coming to Lentine's music. So, 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 so the great thing about Lentine's music, man, is that to me, to me, everybody who worked there looked like they were supposed to be there. Like if you was in the piano department, the piano dude looked like a piano dude. <laughs> he didn't have a tuxedo on, but he looked like he had but one. He made it well. Yeah. If you yeah. if you have a drummer, he he's downstairs with no shirt on. And 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 drumsticks, 
you got you got guitar people who look like they straight out of Guns N' Roses or a yeah. blues guy. And to me, there was no hip hop guy. I just didn't see a hip hop guy. So let me tell you, I got the job, man. I walked in and I said, I need to speak to a manager. Right? So <laughs> they brought the manager down, man. Her name was Terry. I thought it was weird that they did that, but it worked. Right? So now they're in trouble. Here's why they're in trouble. Because now I'm about to sell the best product I know. Me. Right? And I said, <laughs> I said, uh, so you don't have anybody representing the hip hop stuff. They was like, what do you mean? I was like, you got all the, there's turntables. There's no, there's an NPC drum machine. There's, and the lady liked who I spoke. She, she just started laughing. Now I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like, why ain't no black people in here? That ain't what I was saying. I was right. saying, yo, where's the hip hop contingency? She took me upstairs and I didn't even know when you go in the back, there's upstairs past the band department, past the piano department, there's um, the office where the big dogs is in the collection department. True story, man. She sits me down and gives me this, what looked to be like a newspaper this thick of accounts. And she said, these people are 30 days past or about to be 30 days past and they need to be called to be reminded. Right. So I'm like, oh, reminded for what? To pay their bill. I, didn't, I have never done any collections. I haven't done anything. So I looked at the she wanted me to call these people. Now, I remember, I just walked in asking. So I looked and the first 20 people, I recognized their name. <laughs> so, I'm, when I'm calling Power them, of your network. Yeah, right. So. I'm calling them, but I'm not calling them by the name on the thing. I'm calling them by their DJ name, right. their band name. I'm like, I'm like, um, can I speak to JD? JD? Hey, it's Ace. Man, so listen, I'm up here at Lentine's. Apparently, you bought your kid uh, a flute. You ain't paid for it in three months, man. I'm going to have to come pick it up. Like, what do you mean you're going to go pick it up? Well, you haven't made a payment. Well, I mean, what am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> and they was like, man, would you take a check over the phone? Absolutely. And they give me checks on the phone. I did that for like 20 minutes and then they told me to stop. Then they offered me a job on the spot. Right? On the spot. Now, I didn't know nothing about collections, so I ended up doing that. But meanwhile, every break, I would go downstairs. Right, right. I wasn't an official salesman. I've never been an official salesman. So I would just hang out downstairs on breaks. And then when 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 people come in for turntables, they would just say, hey, go get Ace off the phones. I would go get, they come give me a phone. I would do stuff and then they'll make a sale and then the the cool sales people would give me just kicking me out some money if they got it. It wasn't it was I wasn't getting a commission check. I got an hourly wage, but these brothers would hook me up, man. Jeff Beck, shout out to Jeff Beck, John Vorderin, um, Mike, um, shout out to 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 Jesse Rest in Peace, um, Bill Blows, um, John Johnny Dredd. Johnny Webendorfer, um, rest in peace to um, my man, um, 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 John. I mean, it, it was a, a beautiful time, but that's how I got the job. And I ended up getting different jobs from there. I ended up getting, um, um, there was a company called Online Marketing, where they, they did Staten and Denon turntables and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I'm on a break and do stuff. And they was like, hey, man, we could put this man on 
tour. I went all up and down the East Coast showing people how to use in-store stuff, rolling. I did some stuff for rolling. And it's, it's just because I was the guy that come downstairs and doing that. And then I, they realized how cool I was with people, Lynn Teams, and made me the service manager. I can't, I don't know how to fix anything, right? But what I ended up doing, no, I didn't know. Yeah, so I had two people. You, you, knew, how to, you knew how to fix problems. Right. And so I'd be able to to know that there's a whole bunch of DJs coming in and, and bands coming in on Friday or Thursday and they want their stuff by Friday. Right. And because the gig is Friday, the gig is this weekend. So they wait. And so what I did was I just developed a, a system where, hey, if any band or DJ come in on Friday, we're going to stop what we do. We're going to hook them up and get them out because this is our priority. And they thought it was so weird. And then I would. Tell them, listen, man, it's going to be an extra service charge because we're stopping everything to put you up there. I call it right. Gang Fridays. You know, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get an extra 20, 30 bucks. And we did just that. So I, I enjoyed it. It was a good. Because you understood because you understood their world, yeah. not just selling to you understood their world. There yeah. was actually a, a message to market match there because yeah. you understood what they were trying to do. Yeah. And then being in the band or DJing. It's like, you know, they work regular gigs. So if they blow a speaker or, 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 or need a fuse, they're not coming in on Sunday. We're not even open. They're not coming in on Monday. They think they they thinking about it nothing until about Thursday. Oh right, right. This this just coming up. So then you end up coming in and then me understanding because I'm one of them, right? I'm one of right. them. Let me let me let me let me hook you up and then and, and then even if you have a keyboard in there, you're from a church somewhere, and um, you're still been there for six weeks, it don't matter. My core audience is coming in on a Thursday and Friday, and when it's down downtime, we worked on the regular stuff. But it's almost like clear your desk to to repair people. We got this coming up, and I would they would come in, and we would all I would do is get it, boom, fix it. You know, come back after lunch. You know. Hey, That's I did a my house um, around the corner from Linty's Music thinking I was going to retire there, man. I, I, I bought my house on Northfield because I was going to retire at Linty's Music. I, I know you did. I remember you telling me that. Yep, like, yep. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work here forever. For uh, I, I gotta, forever. I'm going to live around the corner. <laughs> hey, you said something a second ago that I, that I think is super important that that we should talk about for a second. And that is you knew you kind of chuckled to yourself when they brought the service manager down to talk to you or, or brought the, the GM to talk to you because she was about to get a full dose of your best product. You. Right. What do you say to people that don't believe that they're their own best product? Well, man, so to me, it's a, it's a mindset, right? And yeah. for people who don't believe that they're their own best product is because they have bought into a worker bee mentality, right? To me, it's a worker bee mentality. If you're waiting to be validated by somebody else, if your whole mentality is get a gig and somebody's gonna validate your 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 work that you're presenting, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you stay in that mindset, you're forever is gonna be trying to sell your um ability to complete tasks, right? To me, mm. I look at myself as a organization that solves problems for people. I'm an organization. I'm not a person. 
Like Jay-Z says, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man, right? And so, so I'm an organization. I'm Ace International. In my mind, I'm Ace International. That day I walked into Lentine's music, man, and got that gig. And I realized I didn't ask for if they was hiring. I didn't ask if they was. I just went in and sold me the best yeah. product that I know. I know I'm articulate. I know I'm cool. I know I'm um, product knowledgeable. I know. So I don't even apply for stuff that don't apply to me. Look, Adam, I can't, I can't, I can't play basketball. I can't dribble, I can't shoot, I can't swim, I can't roller skate. So you would never ever catch me in any of those capacities. You might not even catch me at a basketball game, right? I don't right. I don't even see anything that I can't do. So what I do is I try to immerse myself in stuff that I am fluent in. And I'm fluent in the theory and practice of oral discourse. I have a mouthpiece and I know how to sell me as it relates to fixing problems for organizations, companies, for people. And so, like I said, man, being able to, and and, and, and I don't want this to come off cocky because I'm not cocky. It's it, not at all. It's 100%. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not one of these guys that's going to try to get on the basketball court or work at some factory who, who don't, I don't know. I don't know that, but I do know how to be able to understand that Everything starts from within. It starts from with yourself and understanding your capabilities, understanding your um, um, your skill set. And for me, when it comes to like at Lentine's music, you can't you can't tell me anything about about music. I, I listen to everything from Kiss all the way down to Run DMC. I mean, Garth Brooks is my man. You know what I mean? I, I listen to music's music. Yes. And so there's the, there's only so many notes, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the genres don't create no new notes. It, it's there's only a handful of wicked grooves, right? And we dream <laughs> over, same over. And so for me, being able to understand that walking into Lentine's music led me into working with, um, you know, before that, two live music, getting the internship with in, with in the distribution being able to work at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for two semesters, teaching early influences on hip hop. Oh, cool. uh, I mean, in all of that, I, I did not put in the application in none of them. You just know where you are, know that you solve problems and present yourself as a problem solver. And hopefully you're presenting yourself to people who have that problem. And I know that there are certain people who have a, who I can benefit certain um groups of people it could be businesses it could be a social group it doesn't matter it's just that i know i solve certain problems now if you got a like i said if you got a <laughs> a scoring problem you ain't calling me back <laughs> well but but part of the sauce you know part of the secret is knowing how to insert yourself where the where the solution is needed right so so that's that's only half of it so you you know what problems you solve but then sniffing out where where those problems lie and then inserting yourself as the solution is yeah. the other half of it. Yeah. Know? So how the world do you walk into Lentines and don't ask if they're taking applications? Don't ask if they, you know, you just tell them that you need this and I'm that. Dude, I did that at Oriana house. When I'm, listen, Talk to me I, about that. How do you go from Lentines to, to what, what was the mindset change to, to leave Lentines and, and start into this, 
sort of this other sort of variant uh, of your life where you yeah. you really have been doing nonprofit helping yeah. business that kind of thing what happened there so as a as a as a as an artist man um i was getting older and um i had this poem i wrote and i said what is it going to sound like when the music goes off right Right. I don't I don't want to be the old gray rap guy. I don't I don't want to be the old gray rock guy. Like, you know, like you see that commercial with progressive and they said we got a rat problem and they got rat up in the attic, right? It's a group. Yeah. Right? They look right. old. They old they look like icky pop. I mean they look old, right? <laughs> so I don't want to I didn't want to be that person. So I literally lined up transferable skills. Well, what do rappers do when they're washed up? They either be DJs on radio stations, they do community outreach, social impact work, or they work a nonprofit. Right. I'm gonna do all three. I'm gonna do all three. I I, I made a valid effort. I'm gonna do all three. And so um, going to the Oriana House was for me. I, I knew that there's a lot of brothers and sisters and people who who make mistakes, right? And all I thought was the that the Orient House was, you know, it's community corrections, but it's it's more. After I did a after I did a a analysis of what I am, I realized transferable skills, which is stuff that we have that we could put other places, that I could be I could be an awesome recruiter. I know a lot of people. I could be a recruiter. So I'm like, wow. I'm gonna go to the Oriental House. Why? Because in my mind, I'm thinking there's 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 got to be a lot of brothers in there. If I'm looking at statistics, there's got to be a lot of African Americans that's in and out, you know, in and out. And I might know a lot of them because I'm ace. I might know a lot of them. So I went in, put on my shirt and tie. Now, did I tell you I went in and looked on the internet? I looked on the paper. I didn't do that. I put on my shirt and tie. Walked in on a Monday. And I asked to speak to the manager. And it's a 50-50% chance, man. You know, I tell people today, even when I'm doing workforce development, you got a 50-50% chance on being able to um as being able to talk to somebody. Right? If you see my resume, you're gonna see one thing. But if you see me, you're gonna see a whole bunch of different stuff. So I went yeah. in and I said, hey, can I speak to the manager? Now think think about this. They went and got her. Nikki Roberts is her name. And I figured when they went and got her, they messed up because now they're about to get a dude selling the number one product I know, which is me. So I went there and 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 I don't know what she thought. She just, we started talking, man. By noon, I'm eating Taco Bell with them, right? And I'm telling them how I believe that I can go out and recruit people to work for them. And I only did an analysis of myself of, all the shows I've done, how do, we've been able to get people to come into Lentines, get more black people to come into Lentines. I'm a recruiter by nature. So I'm like, oh, so did she, she looked at it and just like they did at, um, at Lentines and hired me in a different capacity, they hired me in, as a resident supervisor to work with the brothers. Two months afterwards, they realized I was helping some of the brothers get jobs. And they was like, mm -hmm. Are you helping brothers get jobs? I'm like, oh yeah. They was like, our people isn't 
at that time being as effective in finding jobs for them. I'm like, well, because y'all doing it like as a class, I do it like, hey, all the administrative is gone. If y'all want a job, let me show you how to get a job. And then they come around the table after they eat supper and then I show them techniques and they were slowly getting jobs. Then next thing I know, I get promoted to HR, where now I'm at the recruitment events, getting people to work for there. And then I was able to do that. So that was the first thing. I just, I didn't want, I didn't want to be an old rap guy, right? Or the right. old rock guy. So just looking at what those guys do when it's, when it's over for them, led me to the nonprofit sector, which that ended up leading me to the Urban League working at um, in a department called Transitions, where we help ex-offenders find um, jobs and be able to connect with. That's where I really started doing the, 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 the connection, connections and understanding what real social capital was, is valuing relationships, going to, I figure going to a, a, a business and asking a business is a hiring. It's way easier than going to New York, asking them what they signed me to a record deal. It is everyone's in Akron is at a disadvantage if you're if you're a job right. because my mentality is go right up to Russell Simmons or Warner Brothers door and say, hey, I got this demo for you. And this is easy. Go up to Roadway. Hey, listen, my name's Ace. Um, do you know about this? This I got these clients and then you develop these relationships and these people are great workers and then they start calling you for that. And then from there, you end up thinking about, hey, there's some ex-offenders who can benefit from some of these jobs. They done did some stuff where collateral sanctions and 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 and, and things like that will prevent them from getting jobs. And I don't want to get into, uh, you know, sometimes that collateral sanctions are unfair, but then right. you have to say, well, hey, listen, there's different ways to contribute to the local labor market, one of which is entrepreneurship. So I told one guy, straight told one guy that um, what you have on your background, you're probably better suited to own a business. He's crying to me. He can't, I, I'm writing the Urban League. And he's crying, man, they won't even hire me to take out their garbage, right? And I'm like, well, they don't hire you because what you, your background says, I wouldn't even hire you. That's what your background says, you know? But let's think, let's think about it. So here's what I said to him. They do background checks on people that goes into the building. If you own the company and you're sending college students in there who don't have a background, you're still getting paid. You're getting paid more. So this guy started a cleaning business and now he's in Chicago, got a nice cleaning business. But that's how I got in entrepreneurship. The need to be able to think innovative for people, ex-offenders in particularly thinking about ways of contributing to the local labor market, provide for their family. And we did that. And then as soon as I did that, I was overheard from uh, one of the um, minority business development um, big dogs at the time, Michael Davis. Shout out to Michael Davis. And then he was, he saw that and um, I thought I was getting ready to get fired because my job is to get you a job, not to start your business. My job is get you a job. Right. And Next thing I know, within a day or two, I am now in the Minority Business Development Center. No training, just the mentality of the stuff that I've been knowing. Mentality. How, how can we do this? And then I ended up being a facilitator for a program called the Ice Entrepreneur Program. Shout out to Kim Lee, who's still over at the Akron Herbal League. She gave me an opportunity. And yeah. I just, man, it was too easy. It was, it's a framework that helped people think like an entrepreneur, like 
they believe that you could think like an entrepreneur. So I did that for a couple of years, ended up from there um, going to Be Me Community. Mm-hmm. I want to see that Be Me. Boom. Be <laughs> Where um, that's a local nonprofit organization, like I said, that put a spotlight on African-American males that are doing phenomenal things. The death of five years ended up going to Open M, and where that's another mm-hmm. nonprofit where I have to see you there a lot. Yep, yep. Doing yeah. a, I developed a, um, well, I, I remixed uh, uh, a workforce development program um, that was more effective, I think, in helping people who was in, in poverty get out of poverty. Shout out to Bob Titus and everybody over there that was helping me get, you know, yeah. get right on that. And then from there, um, ended up at Bounce, man. So to me, working here at Bounce, being um, the director of inclusive entrepreneurship, is like a melting pot of all of that from recruitment, from outreach, from black male engagement, from being able to be a person working in workforce development and entrepreneurship, all of that building uh, programs and creating programs and starting my own business with the self-advancement center out in the falls, man. Um, being able to do that is is made Bounce a great place to work and benefit. And of course, Bounce being uh, a, a nonprofit hub that, that had um, over 300,000 feet relocated downtown Akron in the old BF Goodrich building, man, where there's, there's, there's creative space, event space, there's over 500, I mean, over 50 organizations that's housed in the building. Also, cool. over 250 individuals who call this space home that share. Uh, we have non, we have non-tech and tech um, programming. We have right. um, the aspiring entrepreneur program, which is my take. That's your program, right? Yes, yes. And yeah. we call it AE for sure. Did that's catch, did that's clever. A steps. That's clever. Yeah. Right. Call it AE for short, and that's that's basically the the stuff from like Ice House that I thought worked well, and minus the stuff that I didn't think worked well, and so that's a program that I actually made the AE. That's and amazing. It's, and it's for aspiring entrepreneurs who don't know where to start. We 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 do believe that you can adapt an entrepreneur mindset, but more importantly, validate that business idea before you even start it, so you won't waste money. We've teamed up with um, the city of Akron. We've teamed up with the Burton D. Morgan Foundation, as well as um, the JAR Foundation, um, the Akron Chamber, to bring a great program called Mortar, which is a 15-week cohort. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, helping business owners learn the nuances of business development. That's the second stage. It's it's great. uh, Applications is open right now if you're trying to get into our fall cohort. You can check us out, www.com. Bottlecub.org. Hit the grow tab. You'll be able to get there. And we also have a a track, a third track called the Next Level Incubator, where we're helping uh, more established companies um, grow their business. So, I mean, it's, it's, but but I get the opportunity to do it as ACE, right? Being able to do this as ACE, understanding that um, inclusion um, is, is an important thing, being able to, um, level the playing field and, 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 and when it comes to entrepreneurship, being able to sit on committees, being able to um, honestly have be the person that other people can look to and say, wait a minute, not just not not that there's hey, there, there is a black person 
over there, or there's a black person on that board, you know, they could say, whoa, that's ace. Right. That's like our country. Well, that's, that's, that's how it needs to be anyway. It's, yeah. That, that's a person. That, that's a person. That's a human. Yeah, but, but the thing is, this person, I go out my way to make sure you know me. Right. I, I go out my way. Um, my wife hates it, but, I, I, you know, I consider myself public domain sometimes, right? Like, I'm, I'm the guy, literally, public property. I, right. I need you to understand that I'm approachable. I need you to understand that whether we're working at, at a nonprofit or if I'm at home on a porch and you walk past me porch, I will stop and talk to you. It's, it's the idea of I'm, I'm in certain spaces, certain tables that I want you to know that I'm there for you. Right. I'm there for you. And when I'm dead and gone, somebody else is going to be there for you. I just hope that they understand that as a, as a, as a, as a community, and I am talking about the black community at this point, as a black community, you want someone that that you can say, "Yeah, he's cool." At the very, and he knows what he's talking about. He's connected. He he he's a person that we can re, we can look out to 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 get a a, a a true realistic expectation about what's going on, whether it's in workforce development as it relates to um, Akron, if it's. Um, um, community as it relates to Akron, if it's black community, if it's the arts, it doesn't make a difference. I'm crossing right. nice. I'm checking balances. What can we do? And then you can look and say, let me call Ace Direct. You can call me on the phone. You can call my my telephone number is not even my phone number to me. It's it's your phone number. I'm like I'm like nine one one man. And I'm like, <laughs> call Ace. He, Just call Ace. Yeah, Ace. Um, I got, I got questions. I got yep. questions. I got I got to jump in here. Number one. You said Russell Simmons. You remember Deaf Comedy Jam? And at the end, Russell Simmons would come up. Where was he during the whole se- Where was he? Where was he coming from? So he's in the backstage because he, he <laughs> would do the same thing at, for Deaf Poetry, too. Yeah, yeah. He would be in the back watching it, and he comes out. And, and the reason why he did that is that he didn't want to take away from the, the comedy or the poetry. He wanted to be them. He just knew he was the catalyst to bring it. Like, that's right. HBO, Right. It's right. a, it's a, make no mistake, it's a rap guy right. bringing it to HBO and still kept his brand Different worlds. Yeah, but then it was Def on it. Def Comedy Jam. Right. Def Jam is his brand. Def Poetry Jam. So yeah. for him to do that, but to walk out knowing that he was the draw at the end, thanks, God bless, good night. Awesome. Yeah, he, he did it every time. And I'm like, where is where is he coming from? Is he in a booth? Where where what is he? In the back. Sometimes I used to think that he wasn't even in the building until the end. Yeah, I he may not have been. He's pulling up right at the end. Him and Joey are pulling up right at yep, the end. Yep, He's yep. walking in. Yeah. Yep. So the other thing that I want to point out here, because I think that it's important. You remember you and I jumped on a on a quick call earlier this week when we were just solidifying that you were available and and thanks right. again for, for doing this. Um, and we jumped on and we, and we, we damn near almost had the podcast right there, but, but I wasn't recording, you know, I look up at 20 minutes later, you and I are just going back and forth. Right. And, and one of the things that came up is that, that, uh, we say things every day that maybe somebody else needs to hear. And I just want to make sure, I just want to make sure that you hear this. I know that you know that about yourself, but maybe you don't always hear it where you're coming from, you know, you're talking about selling yourself and you're talking about the best product and whatever, but where it seems to be coming from ACE and the point is not, does not escape me. 
And I don't think that it escapes your, your many, many admirers out there, people that appreciate you, is that you have an, you have an internal, I wouldn't even call it desire. It's a compulsion to create impact. You, the first two things after Lentines were addiction and offenders. That's where you went. You could have walked in anywhere and sold your product, you. Right. You walked in the two places because you have. there has to be a desire to leave impact. Tell me about that. Where does that come from? Uncle Larry, man. I'm going to tell you, yeah. it comes from Uncle Larry, 100%. Um, being able to help, like I'm telling you, watching, I remember one time Uncle Larry was, for some reason, I think he was in, in transition going from an apartment to a house and it was getting fixed. I don't know. But anyway, he was living in my room for like a month. And at the time he was driving a like a garbage truck. So he had to get up real early. Right. And so I remember the alarm going off at about 2 30, 3 o'clock. And he would go, and he had to stop it real quick to not disturb me. But it always would wake me up. And I'm like, man, how do you do that? You just get up like that. He says, because I have to. I have to go to work. And so that work ethic was, this is like I don't push snooze buttons. I saw him not doing it. But then right. him literally helping me, my mom, my family, then going out to the Herbal League and seeing this guy doing it for everyone, man. I think going from music and the arts and then saying, I'm going to a place where they're trying to reduce recidivism by thinking errors, by community corrections, by addictions. And to me, you know, looking at that is like, surely there's there's people that I could reach that's in there. I can reach them just by being me. I don't have to change anything. I don't have to read a book. I don't have to, I, I, I don't have, I could just be me and walk in there and, and help somebody. And for me, I need you to understand, initially what I wanted to help going in there was I wanted to be able to work in the human resource department and get people that I know that was cool to work for the Orient House. I knew what the Orient House was. I studied it. I want I want to be the guy to get people to work there. And I thought that my resume at the time would warrant me the human resource recruiter position. But you have to understand my resume looked like Lentine's music, deaf poetry, jam, rock and roll, hall of fame. They didn't see the transferable skills. They just saw a guy who came in and could talk. Surely he can go in and talk to the ex-offenders. I didn't want to do that at first. I wanted to help them as a as a as a as a, a, a problem solver in their hiring. But then when I got in there, and then I saw the problem was these brothers wasn't able to find jobs, and I created my own technique of talking to them. Man, it's just the idea of being able to help them, and then being able to get certified uh, doing the thinking for a change or being a certified education facilitator and starting right. to understand that. And then even when I went to human resources, I did that for a while. Then I got out of it. I, I, I left it and started doing intake where I was going to penitentiaries, picking people up from penitentiaries to bring them. And then I would have a lesson for them really? on, the drive back, on the drive back. And I'm, you know, I don't, you know, there was stuff I was doing on the drive back that wasn't typically your protocol but I needed them to understand coming from penitentiary that they're no longer an inmate. They're now a client. And I needed them to de-season them. You know, they don't have to call me, yes, boss. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, boss. You ain't got to do that. My name's Ace. Don't right. have to be back there in the back with the 
with the, the cage. I need you to sit next to me. I'm gonna stop at Subway. I'm gonna buy you a sandwich on me. You can you can call your mom. You're now a client. Did you see the Did you see the body language change? Because titles and the way it it, it changes the way people think about themselves, right? Yeah. If if I if you say you're not an inmate right now, you're a client. Did you see the like the shoulders change? The the heads carry differently. Let me tell you, tell you, not at first, but I will always. And this is wrong, man. So if there's some Oriental house, you can't think me now because I don't work for you. But and I don't advise this. I don't advise this. But I would stop at the gas station, right, and open the side of the door, and say, "Hey, man, I'm gonna go use the bathroom, get some pop or something. Stretch your feet out." Now. These somebody been in jail for 80 years or something, they thinking, wait a minute, did this guy just open up the door and left me, left his phone here? So right then and then when I come back and I see him still sitting there, they like, you a wild boy, you a wild boy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I'm trust that they hadn't seen. Yeah, and that's what do it, and that's what did it. The idea was, hey, listen, you are really no longer an inmate. You are in transition from coming home. You've already did your bid. You did what you needed to do. This very moment is you understanding when you go back, you, you're going to be able to visit your mom. You're going to get weekend passes. You're going to be able to do a million different things. Yeah. Your loved ones could come visit you. You're going to be able to get passes. And let me tell you, it's nothing like you think. Now, the next time you see me, next two weeks, I come back with somebody else. You see me come up. I need you to do this. If I'm right. And every time I would drop somebody else off, they'd be like, to this day, I could be at Walmart or something. A brother would come up and say, hey, man, you remember you came and picked me up from Manfield? I'm like, nope, I don't. But I can't tell them no because they remember the story. So I, I done did that so many times. And so even working with ex-offenders who were dual diagnosis was dealing with mental issues. Sure. I worked there for a year straight. So I've, I've, I've learned to be able to connect with those people who and who 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 still come into the 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 place at the Urban League or Open M or would be me. These are people who dual diagnose who who got mental health things, but you would never know. But I know because I was in there in the trenches with them. But then this dude just trying to start a business now, right? right? This person trying to get a job. This person trying to do a community impact project. You know. Man, listen, man, I love what I do. I am not going to lie to you. I love what I do, man. I, I don't want to rewind it and be 16 to start over. I don't want to think that I did something else. This is what I'm supposed to do. I think I'm still making music. I think I'm still spinning records, except the records is now in the form of people and programs. And we're making, we're making opportunities and we're pointing to people and doing constant, constant personal development and professional development for people who seek it. Well, I mean, what you do, I mean, it's clear that you love what you do, but I, I is it clear that what you do loves you back? Because I, I think it, it better be because what you do yeah. loves you back, man. I mean, what the, the impact that you have in the community is just, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. Thank you. And, and, and I would even say, I got, it's so, listen, I, I even got a twin brother. For if you don't know, I got a twin brother. I got right. a twin brother who do the total opposite of what I do. So it's, <laughs> like, it's like so. You got hip hop, right? Yes, AcronHipHop.com yeah. and the ReporterNewspaperOnline.com, right? So you got 
two people, you know, fighting a good fight, providing opportunities for businesses. And, and then it's like, if you need it this way, you go see my brother. If you need it this way, you come see me. There's times when I don't even have to leave the house and people think I'm at an event because he's there, vice versa. <laughs> right. Hey, you know, right. I, got, I got hair all the way down. People ain't even noticing it. They just see the face and just assume it's me. So, yeah, that's listen, I'm glad it was you this week because I still don't. I, I told you earlier, I still don't have my post COVID cut and and you you don't have your post swine flu cut. Right. right. This this. <laughs> Your post Spanish food cut. This, one, this is my post smallpox. I don't know. You got to go way back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, the idea, man, is is for me. I haven't cut my. I haven't cut my hair. I mean, I cut the side, the, the fade, but I haven't actually had a haircut in twenty one years, man. Twenty one years. Twenty one years, man. And um, it's it's a daily fast for me, man. And it's a reminder that when you see, um brothers who just getting out of incarceration or off the street or or whatever, you know, whatever. I have a passion for helping out people who who got out of penitentiary. I am, I'm not, I do. But then it's like, man, I got a chip too. Um, I have ptosis so my eyes look sleepy. You know, most of the time working in nonprofits, I would be the first one that they send downstairs for the drug tester. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because I know he's and, and and for me, not being that guy who even dabbled, for me being able to be me and I'm able to be a testimony to, to guys who's looking to do something. I'm like, you know, you don't necessarily need to cut your hair. You don't necessarily need to shave. You don't necessarily oh. need to. You can be yourself and there's a place for you. You just have to understand who you are, what problems you solve and be able to move from there. And then take some personal development, take some courses. Man, I still go down to the university and take classes, right? And I don't I don't need a degree in it. I just want that class today. Because if I take right. that class today, I need two copies of everything you're passing out because I'm going to a local church next semester and teach it for free for people who can't afford it. Right. I just need the nuggets out of that class and Absolutely. because I want to go transfer that somewhere else. And they hate to see yeah. me because they're like, oh, hey. So I'm like, yep. Bring it on. <laughs> One of the things that you've done that I think is just brilliant is, hey, we're going to make you hireable. And if we can't make you hireable, you got to start, you start your own business. It, like, that's, it's not the end of it. The road, if you're not hireable, how do we start a, let's teach you to start a business. I That's, right. that's just incredible to me. Right. Because, because the idea is, is so if, if, if you hire me, you're hiring me in my mind, as a prob a solution to a problem. So when I was working at Open M, I remember Bob Titus, he was the CEO at the time. He says, thanks for coming on board. I said, hey man, no problem. He says, I'm glad you, I hired you. I said, no, I said, no. I said, this is gonna be a pretty good contract. He's like, contract? I said, this is a pretty good contract. He was like, yeah, I hired you. I like, well, no, you did, but in my mind, this is a contract because to me, you need to allow me to think that this is my business. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the bottom line. You're looking at the bottom line somewhere else. And if I'm the manager, if I'm the director, I need to be able to look at the bottom line to be able to look at it the way I would look at it because then I take ownership of it. And then you can go golf as far as I'm concerned. I got this. You got to have your own KPIs for what you're doing. Yeah. Your performance indicators are way different than, yep. than his. Yep. Yep. And yeah. so 
So being able to, and I just spoke to him today. I just, he don't even, he's no longer even at Open Up. I call him yeah. today, you know, I love him, man. He's a cool dude. And and thanks for bringing me aboard. And being able, even that, that, that I was there for 10 months putting that program in there. But being able to, to, to understand that you as an individual are a person that's going to solve problems, but more importantly, you are, you are a, a, a program, you are business, you're an organization. You're not a worker bee. If you're a worker, man, if I was working at McDonald's today, I tell people all the time, they'd be in trouble because I'm about to revolutionize the way we hand out fries. It don't make a difference. I'm, I think, I think differently, man. If you catch right. McDonald's, you don't need to think that, oh, Ace is working at McDonald's. You got to think like, dang, they got Ace working at McDonald's. What's he about to do? Yeah, something's going on, right? Yeah, what, what's so, he going to, yeah. Yeah, you wake up, man, you know. I mean. I so what's that, what's your, I know you got a current project. Talk to me about that. What are, what are you revolutionizing right now? You got Podcasting, gotta, actually, podcasting. So we got a program called BU Podcasting. It's over at the Akron Summit Art Space, 140 East Market, downtown Akron. And so what we do is we're trying to bring it to people's attention. We're trying to bring it to the attention of people that, okay, there's 150 million podcasts downloaded weekly. This is weekly, a year, right? And 1% of the downloads are African-Americans, which means what? They're, I ain't talking videos. Okay, let me clarify. I'm talking about audio podcast, the type of podcast where People are driving to and from commuting from work, listening to people are at the gym, listening to people right. are at work, listening to not not Facebook, not a little camera post up in front of me talking about relationships and sex. I'm talking about educational, professional, business minded, just 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 podcast. So if there's one percent African-American people who are downloading, there's a lot of room for African-Americans to get into this. So in the beginning of the year, we started a um, organized, well, a program called BU Podcasting. And we do mean BU, Be Yourself. Mm -hmm. And so we we reached out to eight different local people who was interested in podcasting. And we basically just showing them what it takes to to to, to podcast on a professional level with, with stuff that they're passionate about and have a realistic expectation. A lot of people try to think that there's money. No, you should have a passion. This is a passion project. And then we could show you ways of monetizing that passion project, but being able to do that. And then as a collective, if we can show people, hey, hey we have eight quality podcasts, right? Eight quality podcasts. What can we do to share that with people? So we have one. We even have an online radio. Um, we have an online radio sh show. No, show. Station. It's called BUradio.com. B-E-Y-O-U.com. And we constantly play old school hip-hop and R&B. We have license to play old school R&B and hip hop. And then out of the blue, local podcasts come on, right? So if you do, if you don't want to look up podcasts, you could be at work listening to old school hip hop and R&B. Then all of a sudden, these, be you radio.com, be you radio. Oh, be, oh, fix it. Yeah. I'll fix it. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So it's, to me, it's important to be able to get, get, give a voice to local storytellers, people of color. And only because that, that number is so weird. There's 197,000 people in Akron, and then 32% of them is African American. Then 32%, we should be able to try to reach them and say, hey, listen, 
This is the places where you can go get podcasts. Not only where you can go get them, here's some quality ones. You're interested, let me show you how to do it. But then more importantly, let's create a community of podcasts to where we can say, hey, we have local content, right? Right. right. And then, yeah, so then we also have Be You Ready, I mean, BeYouPodcasting.com where you can go and see everything. But Be You Radio is just a place you go and just listen to good music and... Um, that's awesome. I, you know, I, it sounds to me like you, you must have gotten quite a bit of knowledge or information or education from podcasts that you listen to, mm-hmm. to, to, to have figured out that it's, or, or to have determined or feel that it's that important to, to, uh, for other people to do it as well. Um, it's just a great resource. I, I get so much of my education from podcasts. Right. Absolutely, man. And, and of course, I mean, I want to give a shout out to WAKR, man. I've been on the radio for seven years now with Cat McDaniel. Shout out to Cat McDaniel. And we've been doing the show on Sundays back when I was at the Urban League to now to Open M. Everywhere I go, the show goes with me. It's called Aqua Community Voice. And we now have that in podcast form. You can check that out on iTunes, any place. We got on nine different platforms. And we also do a podcast called The Rewind Show, which oh, you yeah. got that Rewind. Did, did you get the link? Yeah, said, yeah, you sent me the link the other day. I yeah, it out. You got to listen to it. Rewind is, is is literally just that. We play old school records, and I do mean records, and we we go over a specific year, 1989, 2001, what's the great movies that was out, what music was playing. We talk about, we rewind the, the week, what was going on in the week, nothing hardcore, and then we share a local bottle of wine, and we show you what to pair with the wine. So it's really That's just cool. a music show dressed up as a way that we can help you pair wine with stuff. No, that's cool. That's, that's a lot of fun. And I just, I, I really like what you're doing. You're bringing things that may not seem accessible or aren't obviously accessible to folks that need them. Mm-hmm. And look, man, it's like I said in the beginning, I, just to wrap it up, you asked me what set me into this path. I'm telling yeah. you, rappers do radio. They do um, social impact projects, community work, or they work for nonprofits when it's over, from what I saw. I'm doing all three. There you are. Period. Yeah. There you are. Man, that's awesome. Hey, um, I think we'll go ahead and bring it in for a landing. Um, we've been we've been at it for a little over an hour now. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to have round two, I think. Because uh, we we, we're just scratching the surface on uh, on some of these subjects. Absolutely. No, hey, man, man, I pre- I appreciate you being on, Ace. I, I, you know, it, it's it's so awesome being in the in the in this side of the seat because I'm usually on your side, <laughs> and being able to to tell tell a little bit about stuff that I'm involved in and um the stuff that we're trying to do down here at Bounce Man, being able to understand that there's an ecosystem for entrepreneurs here in Akron. We're part of it. Um, being able to understand that um, we're part of the art movement as well. Um, being able to just you know, be ourselves, man, let our hair down sometimes, but being more importantly, being able to share our story. Cause there's like you say, the digital sandwich, there's a story behind the main ingredient, the secret ingredient, all of that. I, I allow, thank you for allowing me to kick some of that out. <laughs> Uh, well, if there's anybody that has a secret ingredient, I mean, it, it's you. I mean, it, you, you just uh, like I said, to know you is to be fascinated by you. I just, I just appreciate you being on, and I appreciate you. Thank you, man, and I appreciate you too. I'll be up in the falls later on to get some popcorn from Metropolis Popcorn. 
Well, you know, interestingly enough, uh, my man Brent from Metropolis Popcorn, he and uh, he and I and our families are about to go float the river on inner tubes. That's what we're doing this afternoon. Okay. Brent's a good friend of mine. We're going. Uh, TJ and Savannah own uh, own float the river. We're about to about to go do that. And okay, that okay. that'll be this afternoon. So go hey, get is your popcorn. popcorn. Open today? Is it open? Is you have it oh, open? Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. I'm yep, coming to get you seven uh, weekdays and Saturdays and then Absolutely. five, I think, on Sundays. Absolutely. That's my that's one of my favorite places in the falls. The popcorn. And then and then if you go get ice cream, it's it's uh, butter pecan. Uh, that's my favorite. Pop, that's my favorite uh, ice cream. Did you that's, know that? Well, yeah, that's where when we were talking the other day, you had to get oh, off. You, you, you right. and your wife were going to get ice cream. Right. Butter pecan. I said I wanted to come with you. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, they didn't have butter pecan when we went, so. Oh, no, that's yeah, not okay. Yeah, that's terrible, man, so you got to get some right. butter pecan. Hey, I end with the same, I end with five questions, so rapid fire, one after the other. Let's go. All right, Brussels sprouts, yes or no? Yep. Ham and pineapple, is that acceptable as a pizza topping? No, absolutely not. Got to be pepperoni? On that note. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mountains or the beach? Beach. Beach? Yep. Audio or video? Audio all day. And finally, what's your favorite sandwich, Ace? Oh, um, man, you know, I'm going to have to go with the guy Gantua over at um, Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's, yeah. You got the guy Gantua. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big old, back when I was eating meat, it's, it's about like this big. I mean, literally. That's it's huge. It's it, huge, but it, it it so good. Man, listen, you've had one before, the guy got you one? Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. That's what I. That's what I get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Hands down. Hands down. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks again for being on, my man. I I sure do appreciate you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, man. All right. Take care. Thanks everybody for tuning in to the Secret Ingredient live cast from Digital Sandwich Agency where we believe that everyone has a story behind a story, and we certainly heard some of Ace's today. That is where the secret ingredient lives. And unleashing that secret ingredient through a combination of personalized custom content, social media, and paid advertising is the best way to build the relationships you need to grow your business and your network. Thanks for being on, Ace. All right, man. Appreciate it, brother. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Yep.